Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Box Office Seats. I'm your host, Alec Callahan, and we got a whole mix of news. It's making sure 2020 will not end quietly for Hollywood. Far from it. So to focus on what we will start with first, it will be the box office numbers. So, Monster Hunter finally landed in the United States, and while it did about as well as expected with 2.2 million, it was able to take first place, but that is with opening in 1,736 theaters, and second place is to Crude's A New Age, which surprisingly is in 1,900 theaters. Still, I made 2 million for a total of 27 million. In third place is Fatal, which opened with 925,000. In fourth place is the re-release of Elf with another 371,000. In fifth place is Half Brothers with 260,000 for a total of 1.8 million. So yeah, numbers are weak all around, but I do think Wonder Woman 1984 could hit 10 million. There are reports that right now pre-sales for it are already at 4 million, with quite a few from private showings that the theaters are offering. If there are a decent amount of walk-ups, then 10 million is possible. Kind of weird to say that for a superhero movie, 10 million would be good, but it is... 2020. Speaking of Wonder Woman 1984, it opened in some countries this past weekend and it did not have a good time. Focusing on China, it came in second place with 18.8 million and it looks like it is dropping fast. Now, this is a mix of two things. First, for the movie itself, moviegoers are not the biggest fans of it, citing a lack of action apparently. I personally also think that does not help that the movie has a strong 80s theme, something that does not resonate with the Chinese audience. The other issue is the box office market as a whole and it looks to be worrying for Chinese filmmakers in that people are losing interest in coming to the cinemas right now, even with the low number of cases. We see this with what took first place, The Rescue, with $35 million. While that may seem good on paper, in context it's terrible. As the director's last movie, Operation Red Sea, made $576 million back in 2018, though to be fair it did come out around Chinese New Year. Still, the numbers are bad enough that The Rescue could lose almost $70 million uh, from when everything's said and done, and people were not expecting that. Overall, for the weekend box office gross, it is down 34% still compared to last year. The other movie that premiered last weekend, Bath Buddy, is also starting to drop fast with it making $6 million, and The Crude's A New Age making $2.4 million. China still has Shockwave 2 coming out next week, but if that does not help revitalize revenue, we're going to have to start looking at February as that, you know, just wait for Chinese New Year. For Japan, we got to talk about Demon Slayer, which is now at $300 million in the country, even with... Toho adjusting spirited away numbers last week. Demon Slayer is now only 4.9 million away from taking first place, and it should happen by the next episode. Just absolutely insane. I am working on a box office seats plus episode about the stories in Hollywood that define 2020, and this will absolutely be one of them. Finally, to wrap up these numbers, overall, Wonder Woman 1984 had a weak opening, with it making 38.5 million where it opened in Europe and in Asia. While for Europe, it makes sense as a lot of it's still shut down. The China and Asia numbers as a whole are really weak and not good. Staying with Warner Brothers, there are two updates with the Warner Media HBO Max controversy. First, The Hollywood Reporter interviewed CEO of Warner Brothers Anne Sarnoff about the decision, and she mentioned that part of the reason the people who worked on the films were not talked to about it was because they did not want it leaked. That may be part of it, but let's be honest. They did not want to deal with making deals with all of them, and this move felt more like ask for forgiveness later than asking for permission. Which is why now, this may have been one of the worst moves they could have made. They really need those HBO Max subscriptions to go up to support this. 
Secondarily, there may also be movies that are already dropping out of the HBO Max lineup. Deadline is reporting that sources are saying for the fight between Legendary Warner Brothers, Dune will keep its exclusive theatrical release, and for Godzilla vs. Kong, they might possibly pay $250 million to Legendary and keep the hybrid release. They may also lose another one with King Richard with Will Smith, since its contract calls for an exclusive theatrical release, and that is part of the reason that the movie was when it was auctioned, Warner Brothers won it. It's not surprising because Legendary seemed ready to go to court over this, so I think if this compromise does happen, it's the best case for it. They're already considering selling it to Netflix, so getting $250 million at theatrical release is the best option for Godzilla, and for doing keeping the theatrical window in place keeps everyone happy. For King Richard, though, did they seriously not read the contracts? There were also a few changes made for release dates of their 2021 slate Mortal Kombat, which was supposed to come out next month before being pulled off the schedule, is now back on for April 16th. Tom and Jerry will move up, moving from March 5th to February 26th. That change helps them, uh, even at the movies, to be more consistent for HBO Max, as well as avoid going up against Raya and The Last Dragon, since that comes out in March as well. Another movie got a delay, and that is the long-delayed Chaos Walking. It finally got a release date of January 22nd, but will now be coming out March 5th. Taking a look at China, it looks like the Monster Hunter scandal has had some repercussions for the Chinese film industry. The Hollywood Reporter is saying that to avoid a backlash, the Chinese film administration is recalling certain approved films for a second review before being allowed to be released in the country. The biggest one that is affected by this is Demon Slayer, but another Japanese animated movie, uh, Fate Stay and Night Heaven Feel 3, was also recalled. This creates an issue for those studios, as now any marketing plans they had have to be put on hold until they get reapproved, and if it takes too long, they even may have to wait until after Chinese New Year to avoid the wave of domestic movies there. It remains to be seen if others get called back, but I don't think so. Also, it does look not look like these movies won't get approved again, or if they have to cut anything out. Personally, I think this is just uh, the film administration trying to play, uh, play it safe, uh, look like they're doing something, because, again, the Monster Hunter thing got through. So, recall a few back, quick approval, you know, reapproval, all right, you're all good, and then, you know, it looks like they're doing something. While Chinese box office numbers are looking weaker than expected, one company that is not worried is IMAX, as they go full force into expanding into the country. The company just signed a deal with Genie Media for IMAX, at 12 of their theaters. This includes updates to seven theaters that already have IMAX and installing it in five new theaters. Along with this, the company says they could expand by around 400 screens by 2023. That would be a big expansion, almost 50% more than what they currently have now. But as the world goes back to normal, I think it would be a good investment, especially if more Chinese movies are shown in the format. For independent movie theaters in America, they can breathe a sigh of relief for now, with Congress finally passing a much needed stimulus bill. Part of the bill includes 15 billion for live venues, but most of this is focused on areas for concerts. Uh, medium to small independent movie theater owners can apply for some of these grants to stay afloat. However, the big ones like AMC, Regal, Cinemark cannot apply for these uh, with the requirements for getting the grants uh, make them ineligible. Some of these requirements that you are not a publicly traded company, you operate in more than one country, and you have more than 500 employees. Still, this is good news that will help independent theaters, which now I think is more important than the big change. If they go under, a company will just buy them on a cheap, renovate a few things, and keep them running. But independent ones, once they go, I doubt a lot of small businesses are waiting in excitement to open a new theater. Finally, to wrap up in the pipeline, we have been following this one for a while, and it looks like it's about to get serious, with MGM looking for a sale. The studio has hired Morgan Stanley and Lion Tree to help with this, and it looks like they will 
consider serious offers from companies. The studio has been struggling the past year, and there have been reports of on-and-off talks for at least James Bond being sold, if not the entire studio. So what does a company get if they buy MGM? They get quite a bit, actually, but the headline stuff is half the rights to James Bond, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbit series. Remember, for Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, they went in a partnership for Warner, for Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers does not own those two completely. They get Rocky and TV shows including Vikings and The Handmaid's Tale. In the pipeline for MGM, they are also working with Warner Brothers on The Matrix 4, so that is something else to consider. My main question is what happens to United Artists as the publishing arm of MGM. It is not clear if that is included or not. You might not have heard of it, but yeah, United Artists or United Artists Releasing is MGM's like publishing studio, really with the biggest film right now being The, uh, the Addams Family. Again, their, their big movie domestically for it was No Time to Die, but yeah, that hasn't come out. Really, I think a tech company will be the one buying MGM. It is clear streaming services have defined 2020 and will help define Hollywood in the future. Them having an actual Hollywood studio would give them a boost. With that in mind, my money is on Apple first, Amazon second. Apple has been making the right moves for Apple TV+. The next step would be to buy MGM to boost their content on the service and improve their pipeline for the future. I can also see Amazon buying it, but they don't really need it with their prime content already being as good as it is now. If they do reach a sale, I also expect it to be sooner rather than later, because if you buy now, you can possibly decide how No Time To Die releases. If you wait till past April, you might not have that chance. So for VOD Premium, AT&T Warner Media finally got a deal done. HBO Max will not will now be coming to Roku, and by the time you hear this, it will already be on a streaming platform. Exact details of the deal were not disclosed, but both Warner Media and Roku said that they were happy with it. As for how HBO Max will be on the streaming service, there are a few different ways. First, if you already have HBO Max, you can just sign into the app, and you're done. If you sign up for HBO through Roku, you'll be upgraded to HBO Max at no extra charge, and you can sign in with your current HBO credentials. Roku does have to give up selling HBO through the Roku channel, which is similar to what Amazon had to do as well. This was very much needed if the streaming service was going to go off with nothing stopping it, thanks to its customer base of 46 million. It has taken over six months since launch, but HBO Max is now available on every major streaming platform in the United States. Disney apparently was not done announcing new stories for Disney+, Plus because with the finale of Season 2 of The Mandalorian, they surprised fans with the announcement of the book of Boba Fett coming next December. It is already in production, and Boba Fett and Fennec will be starring in the show, obviously. One thing I noticed is that they are now saying Season 3 of Mandalorian will film after. Filming of Boba Fett is done, which means while they announced last week Mandalorian Season 3 was coming next December, that was a bit of a lie to hide the show, and it will now most likely come out early to mid-2022. I do think this is a great move by Disney, as the return of a fan favorite has had a great reception so far, so why not have another show? And that will be it for what is the final episode of Black Software's Seats for 2020. It has been quite a year with a lot of changes, and I want to say thank you for listening throughout. It does mean a lot. I wish everyone a happy holidays, stay safe, and we'll get back to it soon for 2021.